What's up, buds? Sending it back in along the left-hand side. 7.40 to go. Puck in front. Connolly with a chance. And they score! They score! The puck on a rebound for Lars Eller! Eller gets the rebound and puts it home. And Washington leads it. 4-3 with 7.37 to go. The Tiger pouncing at the moment that he can potentially be the hero. Welcome back to Shea Pershing Radio. I'm your host, Greg Young. And today, uh, with the season upcoming, and uh, my, it's an exciting and interesting season, Samantha Pell. Uh, the, I'm, of course, spoiling here. We have Samantha Pell of the Washington Post on uh, yet again. I think making her, like, sixth or seventh appearance, uh, you know, like, friend of the podcast, all of that kind of stuff. So, uh, Samantha, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. What about you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So uh, we were actually joking before that uh, this podcast is actually at a normal time for me, which is really exciting. So <laughs> I, I always enjoy that when that happens. But um, speaking of people that maybe didn't enjoy something that happened to them, uh, Alex Ovechkin was playing in a preseason game and very early on uh, pulled up and did not return to the game and now is kind of a bit of an unknown uh, for the regular season. It doesn't look like it's going to be a long-term thing with Ovechkin, hopefully uh, no indications that it is, but I don't know, Samantha, like what's kind of the latest on Alex Ovechkin and his status for Wednesday night? Yeah, the latest right now is that we're uncertain. Um, Honestly, (laughs) you know, Ovechkin, he hasn't skated. We've seen him in street clothes, like, you know, chilling on the bench, kind of watching practice the other day. So, you know, we know that he's alive. The leg is still there. Um, all of that is all good and dandy, but as far as him actually getting on the ice and playing in a full NHL game, especially against maybe a physical kind of chippy Rangers team, uh, we don't know that yet. It seems like, you know, the team, if Ovechkin wakes up Wednesday morning, goes to morning skate and says, Hey, I'm ready to play. I'm sure <laughs> no one's going to take any exceptions to that and they're going to let him play. So it's, it's really all up to Alex. I'm pretty sure and just how he feels, but technically he is still day to day and they're just, they're just waiting on him and they're hopeful he plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, either way, it sounds like this is not going to be a thing where he's out for probably more than a week, right? I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, you know, in Capitals language, he's not going to be out long term. Um, (laughs) I know we've kind of joked from time to time when they say day to day. Uh, Maybe that's more than a day to day thing. But I think in this case, it is going to be a short term thing. I mean, they already are missing Nicholas Backstrom and not sure about his timetable either. So as of now, it doesn't look too serious. All right. All right. Well, that's, uh, we'll definitely keep an eye on that, but uh, I, I guess kind of if he's out short term, kind of what is their, what is their plan for kind of replace? I mean, you can't replace Alex Ovechkin, but what's the best way or what, how do you think they're going to try to mitigate that loss? Yeah. You know, right now they have Connor McMichael skating on that top line um, basically in the OV spot next to getting Kuznetsov and Tom Wilson. And it seems like McMichael would be the one to replace Ovi there. But I think the bigger thing, honestly, is that they trust Hendricks LaPierre as that 3C. I think that kind of proves that maybe Hendricks has won that role over Connor McMichael with Baxter out. And so that's kind of where the, I guess, where the cards have fell for Connor is he is kind of that placeholder up there. I mean, he has played left wing in the past and seems like he's been working well with those guys. LaViolette really likes that line, but has also had heavy praise with the LaPierre line and with Oshie and Shiri. So it is super interesting how the Capitals have decided to approach this if Ovechkin can't play on Wednesday. And I think they kind of showed their cards a little bit just with Connor up there and Hendricks as a 3C. 
Yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's interesting. And we'll, we'll get into the Connor McMichael versus Hendrick LaPierre debate. Uh, or is it a debate? I guess we're going to find out. But uh, before we get into that, there was another big piece of Capitals news that broke, which is uh, the Capitals put Michael Kempney on waivers. He has since cleared waivers and uh, I believe is either on the process or about to report to Hershey. So I guess kind of what led to this with Michael Kempney? I mean, that he has, what, one more year on a $2.5 million contract. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of how do the Caps view this situation right now? Yeah, you know, right now, I mean, Peter Laviolette kind of said over and over that they felt like Kempney was progressing. He was getting better each game. And he even admitted himself in the first, first preseason game that, yeah, that was not good. Um, and he had a kind yeah. of a rough go at things and didn't make reads fast enough. And, you know, he needed more time to adjust to, you know, just the NHL speed and, you know, getting back from three major injuries is a really hard thing. And, you know, I know I talked to his trainer in the Czech Republic and he talked about how they not only had to rehab his leg, but also kind of his mind and actually remind the brain that he still had a left leg yep. um, and that it worked. And, yep. you know, all when you think about all of those things and everything he's had to come back from, like it all kind of makes sense that, you know, 100% first preseason game didn't go as smoothly as everyone would have probably hoped. Um, so as of now, you know, he did report to Hershey today and they expect him to kind of play down there and see how it goes. But definitely just looking at his contract, he has one more year left. Like, I think the Caps might decide to kind of move on from that to see how it goes and, you know, kind of put trust in their young guy and Martin Ferrari. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and it's, it's interesting because I kind of want to get into the D pairs a little bit because, uh, you know, I mean, we had uh, the lines today during uh, practice. The forward lines were interesting in and of itself, uh, which we kind of got into and we'll get into a little bit more. But it was interesting. I mean, they put Far- Faravari with John Carlson and uh, Orlov and Jensen on the third pair, which is an interesting move. Kind of how do you see this shaking out? Do you think Faravari is a legit candidate for Carlson's partner or kind of how do you see the Capitals how do you see this kind of shuffling out now that we have some clarity with the Kepney situation? Yeah, I do think it's, <laughs> it's super interesting. Like it's crazy to think that these are kind of the pairings compared to like when we first chatted, um, yes. when we like were thinking about deep pairings. And, <laughs> yeah, I did like, not have go. Martin Ferravari on the first pair. That, that's no, certainly, and, no. and I don't think everyone had, you know, like TVR and Justin Schultz as a pair no. um, or Orlov and Jensen as a pair. And Irwin as your seventh D. So like, it's, it's very interesting to see how this maybe is shaken out. Um, but yeah, you know, I think Ferrari does have a real shot with Carlson up there. I think having a veteran player like Carlson with Martin kind of makes sense. Um, I think just where Ferrari is, they like him on the left. They kind of want him to stay on the left versus like a TVR where they're kind of comfortable with him on either side. They feel like Ferrari should stay on the left. So that makes the most sense there. I think, it is surprising that maybe they don't have an Orlov and Carlson as their top pairing since they did do that a lot last season and seemed yeah. to really like it. But then that would leave Faravari and Jensen. And I'm not sure if that pairing is as strong as it would be with an Orlov and a Jensen and a Faravari with a Carlson. Seems so like that, that would seems, be a pretty big defensive liability, huh? Yes. And it, it seems like it's kind of like, okay, how do we make sure we're balanced in all yeah. three of our D pairs? And this seems more like a balanced D pair situation and just seeing who works with who best. But I would trust Faravari with Carlson and vice versa. So I think that makes more sense. Now the TVR and Justin Schultz, I'm not sure about how that pairing is going to go. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> I guess we're going to see how it goes. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And I mean, like that would be, I mean, Orlov being on the third pair, I mean, he, I think was, 
at, at stretches last year, the Caps were really riding him five on five. It's kind of surprising <laughs> to see him and Jensen, who I would argue actually was one of their better defenders last year on a third pair. But, you know, I mean, I, I look at that and you almost wonder like, all right, is this going to be more of a, you know, just kind of three pairs playing roughly like 15 minutes a pop at, at five on five or not? Like, I, I don't I don't really know. I guess we're going to find out. Huh? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I just think it's going to be one of those things where maybe Laviolette wants to feel comfortable with all three pairs and throwing anyone out there in any situation, just because he needs all six to play, especially yes. if they have some, maybe some forwards like a Backstrom um, or maybe even Ovechkin, you know, not playing for the first couple. I think they just need to have some sort of like, okay, balance and some sense of we can trust these guys, you know, for an entire game. Yeah, no, no, no. I think, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of shapes up because I mean, I would imagine that very well knowing kind of how Laviolette has played with the D pairs before I could see that changing quite a bit between now and like three weeks from now. Now. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, they're a big, you know, Laviolette and Kevin McCarthy are big believers in left, right pairings and just how those guys function. And so, you know, when you think, okay, we're going to move TVR to the offside and that's your only switch, then the rest kind of seems to fall into place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, TVR being more of a kind of defensive defenseman type, you would think, all right, maybe he can get away with playing off pair a little bit more. Um, All right. Well, I want to kind of talk about Nicholas Backstrom a little bit. Uh, That's kind of the other big piece of news in that I guess there really is no news from Nicholas Backstrom. Uh, Has he reported? Like, I mean, I I guess he's been around, but he hasn't skated yet, right? Yeah, no, it's kind of funny. I asked um, Laviolette today, today's Monday. Yeah, today's Monday. <laughs> and I asked him, I was like, okay, so like Nick, or can we rule him out like for Wednesday? And he was like, oh, you know, he hasn't been on the ice yet, but you can't rule him out for anything. We're still evaluating it, but it's pretty safe to say, yeah, Backstrom probably definitely not going to play on Wednesday. Hasn't skated yet, but he is improving. You know, he's been around the guys. He's been walking around the rink. Um, he's been going to games and watching preseason games. So He's done everything around the team like everyone else does. It's just he really just has not skated yet. Um, And as we get kind of closer to the season and we think about LTI options or IR options, it's it's thinking, okay, well, he might actually just miss 10 games because he needs to get back up to speed. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess like that's kind of the the other subsidiary question aside from the hole that he leaves is what do they do with the, you know, the contract necessarily? And I mean, if they think he's going to be out, you know, it doesn't, I, well, I guess, I guess before we go into that, how long of a term do we think that this could be? I mean, I, you know, you you almost wonder like, all right, he's almost certainly going to be out for, for Wednesday. Do they, do you think that this could potentially be a, like a two week thing, a month thing, a longer thing? Like, do we have any idea at this point with Backstrom? I mean, the fact that he's not on the ice is not great, but also he's around the team. So I guess that's not nothing. Yeah, you know, I think the biggest telltale sign was when they first announced at training camp that he was going to be week to week. Yes. Um, you know, it wasn't a day-to-day thing. It wasn't a, okay, yeah. <laughs> maybe we'll see how it goes. It was, no, he hasn't been on the ice all summer. Like, maybe he's been on with his kids, but he hasn't been actively, like, doing on-ice workouts um, for a long time, like, since the postseason. And so I think as of now, I think it, it'll be really telling whether they do put him on LTI or they do put him on IR, but – I do think it has to be like a month. I, I still think honestly that he's probably like a month away. Okay. Um, I just think it has to be like a month or less. Probably. I don't see him going any further than that. Um, but the fact that he hasn't been on the ice, you would think it, he would need maybe one to two weeks actually getting yes. back into things. And, you know, we start seeing guys at practice, at least skating before the team comes out um, or they're in a light blue practice Jersey, which kind of indicates, hi, don't hit me. Um, yeah. I'm coming back. <laughs> 
so but we haven't seen any of that um and that's probably the the most concerning thing yeah and i mean do you think that like i guess this is one of the things where a hip is tricky right because i mean if the caps come out and really struggle you know you, you wonder like is there going to be the pressure to rush him back or not? And like, I mean, because right. a hip, I guess you could kind of play through. And I, I obviously he did in the postseason a little bit, but it's also like, I mean, I, you almost wonder here, like if the Caps are able to get off to a good start, maybe that gives them a little bit of a luxury of resting him a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And you know, when I've talked to Nick just about the season overall, like it, it seems like he's, his sights are still focused on, you know, returning and just getting back. And this is more about, a long-term thing with him rather than a short-term. They just want to make sure that he's hundred percent good to go. Because when you think about it, if he comes back too soon or they try to rush him back, then if something major does happen, then, I mean, you lose back to him for an extended period of time. Yes. So I think they're just trying to basically. And that's a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a disaster. What are you yes. going to do? Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think for now, like, on, I guess in the flip side of it with Baxter Mount, you have these young guys that, the organization probably really wanted to see eventually. Maybe they didn't think it would be right yeah. now, um, but it is a shot for them to think, okay, like maybe if these young guys come out and they do well, we don't need some of these really expensive centers or like, we don't need to plan for, you know, XX trade. And I think sure. it actually gives them some more flexibility in that sense. Mm-hmm. And like, it's kind of like a blessing and a curse. Like you never want backs from out, no. but this means you get LaPierre in. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and it, I mean, if he, if he plays well, you know, Backstrom uh, could magically come back about 10 games into the year, nine, 10 games into the year, a uh, oddly specific number, but that a number that might just happen to coincide with uh, the exactly. amount of games that uh, LaPierre would need uh, to get to gain a year of NHL eligibility or not. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, right now, I think it's really just going to be about, I, can't, I hate saying this, but literally a day-to-day basis. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you, you've been, you've and, been sufficiently hockeyified, Samantha. <laughs> yeah, I've been, I've been upper body, lower body, like middle body, like I don't even know anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you know, you know, what's bad. I, I had a hangover. I think it was a few weeks ago or something. And I was, dec- I, I declared it a uh, upper body day-to-day injury, you know, <laughs> that was my excuse. So there you go. <laughs> Then we're just we're just trying to we're just trying to survive. <laughs> there you go, there you go, there you go. Um, all right. Well, uh, I, I'm almost under the updates part, but I, I do have to ask uh, with the news of I'm gonna uh, try to suppress a sigh here. Ryan Reeves is going to be in the lineup opening night for the New York Rangers. It looks like. So I guess are we expecting anything weird on opening night, like with the Rangers on Wednesday? Like, do we know? Is there has there been talk? I mean, like, is this going to be one of those deals where Tom Wilson has to fight, or does he? Maybe he would be better off not fighting and the Caps being without one of their top line players for five minutes. I don't know. Maybe I'm just speculating, but uh, I don't know. How do the Caps view this? And is this a game that kind of are excited about or want to get over with? Yeah, I think, you know, Laviolette was asked this today if, you know, what he expects and if it's going to be sort of this payback game from the Rangers, et cetera. And he was like, you know what? I think it's just going to be a really hard fought divisional game, yeah. which I think is what all the answers from any single Caps player or coach that you ask. <laughs> yes. um, whether they feel that on the inside, I don't know. But <laughs> I, I think it's going to be very telling to see, you know, who the Rangers put out in their opening lineup. Like if Ryan Reeves is going to take you know, be in the opening face-off is Jared, Jared Tenorti on the third pair going to be out there as well. Like we're going to be able to tell very quickly what New York wants to do. And I think it's the caps who are going to decide how to respond to that. Like they, I don't feel like they feel like they need to put Tom Wilson out and Tom Wilson needs to fight. I don't think any 
one thinks he needs to do that. Whether New York tries to instigate it, it's whether Tom will kind of fight back. Yeah. Um, yeah. So as of now, you know, they're saying they're just kind of prepping it for any other game. It's obviously going to be a big hope opener, start with the bang. But whether Tom feels like he needs to fight, I don't think he feels like he needs to fight. But if something happens and they keep on yelling his name, um, yeah. I guess who knows? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like you would you would hope that Garnett Hathaway would be maybe the guy that they could kind of put in that role instead of their uh, top line right winger. But we'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's it's kind of funny, like when you think about that, like if you think of the guy, if Ovechkin doesn't play, let's say on no. Wednesday, I'm not saying he won't. But, you know, you have Connor McMichael and if Kenny Kuznets off on a line with Tom Wilson. Yeah. So <laughs> do you do you want either of those guys on the ice no. if something <laughs> happens? Absolutely not. So. It, would, it would be very funny if Evgeny Kuznetsov is on the ice, just because I, he has never shown, I think, even a remote interest in fighting. I think it would just be curious to see literally what, what he would do. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Connor McMichael was asked about that today. And Connor was like, yeah, I don't fight. He's like, I'm not a fighter. Yeah. So. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I think it'll be a fun game, whether we see fireworks to start or whether it kind of slowly, it's like a slow burn to later. Um, who knows, but I don't think it's going to be the Caps instigating anything on Wednesday. No, I would imagine not. I would imagine not. Um, all right. Well, I, I want to kind of get into a couple of camp stuff. Uh, I, I've waited long enough to ask the inevitable Connor McMichael versus Hendrick LaPierre question. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I, I was, I was kind of of the opinion that it would be really nice to see them both find a way in the lineup. It seems like, mm -hmm. you know, there was a competition between the two of them. Like, do, do we think the competition is the right frame of how the Capitals view the two of them being in camp? And if so, who do we think won? I, I definitely think they saw it as a competition as much as they tried to say that it wasn't or that there was a lot of, you know, names on the table. I think when you looked at how groups kind of shook out at training camp, it was very easily you started to see Connor McMichael and LaPierre, you know, with the big guys. They're with the vets. They were skating with veterans. They both mm -hmm. got their shots um, in a full game with, you know, TJ Oshie and Connor Sherry, and it just worked out the way it did, I think. You know, if Nicholas Backstrom was not hurt, obviously we, we would not be having this conversation. Yes. I don't think either of them would have been trying out for a wing position over like a Carl Hagelin or a Sherry. Like, I just think this was, you have an injured star center and we need someone to fill that role and we might as well give a young kid a shot. Mm -hmm. And I think, I just really think that LaPierre really impressed all the coaches and the veterans. And I think he won. I think he's going to be your starting third line center on Wednesday night, probably in between TJ and Connor Sherry. Um, if everything works out, like we've seen it and you know, all the veterans have just really applauded Hendrix's kind of will to learn and how much he's watched guys and asked them questions. And he said, you know, he's really easy to skate with. He sees the ice well for a 19 year old. Probably the only knock on him is, you know, his strength and, you know, getting in the gym and getting bigger and mm -hmm. you no know, 19 year olds really expected to come in <laughs> um, and be well, that, that That's part of the development, right? I mean, it was the right. same thing with McMichael that he had, they told exactly. him he had to get bigger too. Exactly. And like, that's something he's going to work on. You know, he's only been with, you know, their strength conditioning coach for a month now. So mm -hmm. he's obviously trying to do that, but you know, he feels like, you know, he's obviously a better skater too, and he's a little bit lighter and agile and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I really do think Gloppier won this job and he's deserved his shot at least when Backstrom's out to show them what, you know, he can do. And maybe if he does super well, like, does that move the lineup even more? I don't know. Yeah. But that's probably another question for when he reaches, you know, six, seven games. I think very easily they could give LaPierre and McMichael 
you know, games at center. I mm-hmm. think they can switch him back and forth. LaPierre, the thing is, if he is sent back down to juniors, he can't come back. Yeah. Um, Connor McMichael can come back if they send him to That Hershey. is true. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, because he's, he's hanging out in Hershey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So that's, so, yeah. Yeah, there's more incentive to keep LaPierre, you know, why let him go back when he mm-hmm. pretty much deserved his shot to at least show what he can do and um, make his debut. But I, I think veteran guys really like the young, you know, influx of young players in the room. They're fun. They're energetic. Mm-hmm. LaPierre was saying today he follows TJ around kind of like a always just wanting to learn and he keeps on asking him questions and tip drills. And so um, I, I think it's good for the room too, to have some of these younger guys when they kind of have been aging and that has been the story for the last couple of years. Yes. Yes. And that, that is definitely a story. Um, but I, you know, it is interesting too. I mean, with, uh, with LaPierre that they, you know, that they decided to go with LaPierre because I think some of the speculation before camp when it looked like Backstrom was going to be out for a little bit was, are they, is the Dow is Nick Dowd going to get promoted to the third line, but instead they kind yeah. of gave a shot to a kid. And that's, that's interesting to me. Right. Because I think that, you know, maybe Laviolette, you would say, has been maybe a little shyer about playing rookies than than uh, maybe another coach would have. So I guess it's interesting to me. What, is, what does this say about how the Caps kind of both view McMichael and LaPierre, that they get this shot instead of just promoting Dow to the third line? Yeah, I think I think one is just Laviolette's coaching philosophy of he likes to not mess up all the lines, if at all mm. possible. Yes. So he likes to get <laughs> insert players where he feels his best. So you know, moving Lars up to 2C, you know, with Mantha and Sprong, yes, that's a move up, but that's what Lars has done for kind of his whole career. He's always been the guy to kind of fill in. Yep, exactly. So he can do that, and that's really not going to mess up any chemistry or anything like that. Um, With the 3C, I think it makes perfect sense to kind of add a young guy in next to two veterans, and why break up a fourth line that worked so well for you last year? He didn't split him up at all. Um, And just kind of one of those defensive he calls them shutdown lines. Um, so yeah, I, I just think it's, let's give these kids a shot. It's like a, it's like a 10 game tryout basically. Yeah. If you think about it and before, you know, they'd go to, um, if Backstrom does go to LTI and he'd come back or whatever, but yeah, I think it's just a chance for them to show what they got and it's a super hard schedule to start. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I guess we'll see how it goes, but they do get some, you know, on the back end like Ottawa and Arizona. So I think it's actually a good mix. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll be interesting. I guess, I mean, obviously there's been, training camp has been quite a bit of talk between McMichael and LaPierre. Was there anyone else that maybe stood out to you a little bit at camp? Was any, any, anything that was interesting and kind of of note, any player that might have impressed you that maybe was a little off the radar before? Yeah, I think um, Protus, actually, I was surprised. I think I was more surprised than I thought it would be. I think I remember watching him at camp a couple of years ago and his skating was probably not the best um, to put it in a couple yeah. words. <laughs> um, and it seemed like he got a lot better. Like he got a lot stronger. I think the year in the KHL for him was really good. And he just seemed to kind of have that offensive minded ability that the caps really want. And it's, you know, big frame and could potentially, you know, be one of those guys. And the next couple of years that could really contribute for the caps. And he's again, you know, kind of younger, um, I do find Zach Bacali very interesting just from a goalie perspective, because when you think about it, you know, Samsonov and VTech, they're younger. Um, if those two don't pan out, not saying they won't pan out, but if they don't pan out, like could Bacali really be that third goalie ahead of Copley? And it seems like the team really likes him and just the way he plays. So those are some of the two guys that I just thought 
you know, going into camp, I didn't really have like huge expectations for, but kind yeah. of left thinking, oh, like, I wonder where their place is in the organization. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, I mean, one of the other things that's going to kind of be interesting to talk about Fucali is, uh, you know, I, I, I think we're all kind of figuring out still what the goalie plan is. I mean, uh, it's, it's obviously, you know, they're going to start the year with Ilya Simsonov and Vitek Vanacek. Um, like how do, how do we see them? Like, I mean, ESPN ranked them as the 26th best goalie tandem in, in hockey, which is probably a fair <laughs> ranking. Uh, how do, how do we see them shaping up this year? And what do you think the split is going to look like between them? Because I mean, obviously last year was a very, up and down year for Ilya Samsonov and I guess also Vitek Vanacek too. So how do we see that kind of shaping up between the two of them? Yeah, I think that's super interesting because as of right now, we don't even know who the starting goalie is um, for Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> they've not announced that internally. So Peter's obviously not going to tell us um, when he hasn't done that yet. But I do think it seems like Ilya Samsonov should be the guy. Um it's really hard to say what the split is because I feel like you would want to give Elia as many games as possible and get it back into a rhythm and feeling comfortable. But, you know, if there's a couple of games where he starts to slide, I think it's going to be really interesting to see if they automatically jump to VTech yeah. or if they kind of let Samsonov play through it. And I don't know how much wiggle room they have to let him play through it, especially if, you know, Backstrom's out or other guys happen or maybe the young lineup doesn't really work the way they want it to. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see how they at least split the first three games. And if it's going to be Samsonov against the Rangers, will it be Samsonov again against Tampa and VTech is against Colorado? Will it be Samsonov getting all three of these guys right off the bat? Um, I just think it's a really hard call just because the coaching staff seems to love Banachek, but also I think Samsonov has the higher ceiling. Yeah. All right. Then one quick question, then we're going to take a break and then uh, kind of take a little bit broader of you and preview the season. But uh, I guess, so Backstrom has been out and, but he was not the only old or, you know, kind of veteran capitals player to finish the year. Clearly not at a hundred percent. I guess, you know, obviously like Ovechkin, we kind of have talked about him, but Carlson, it turned out, had a broken kneecap or something, and uh, and yeah. uh, Eller has was was kind of in and out. Oshie was a little in and out. How have they looked at camp? Yeah, you know, I think probably the most noticeable maybe was Carlson, just because he was the only one out of that group to have surgery yes. um, on that kneecap, and you know, he admitted that it's probably going to take a little bit of time for him to get back up uh, to speed, but. I think he's looked completely fine. I think he's moved well. It seems like he's skating well, nothing really wrong there. And, you know, I think, yeah, Eller had a lot of different injuries and he looks to be moving well. I think he had a scare pretty early in camp where he just kind of left practice early. He felt something that wasn't right and felt like he tweaked it and he was fine the next day and um, we're all fine and dandy. But (laughs) yeah, I mean, overall, I, I think a lot of these guys, it is age and it's getting older and it's making sure that they can maintain their bodies. And do they need to be out at an optional practice? Do they need to be doing, you know, this in the weight room or something like that? So as of now, it seems like outside of, again, Ovechkin and Backstrom, it seems to be healthy. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll definitely keep an eye on all that, but uh, with that, we're going to take a quick break on the other side. We're going to uh, go a little bit broader and preview the season. So stay tuned. Welcome back to Jay Pizrick Radio, still here with Samantha Powell. And uh, Samantha, I have a list of season preview topics. Uh, and atop my list is just an entry titled Kuznetsov. 
Uh, <laughs> and I and I and I, I put just Kuznetsov because I think he's maybe the linchpin player, but we also said that last year as he was going to be a super important player. And he was weird last year. He maybe played way better defense than we thought. He also might've been extremely sheltered. He certainly didn't score at the rate he normally would, but I guess kind of with Backstrom being out, Kuznetsov is kind of the center that they're going to need to really ride. So what do they need from Kuznetsov this year? There's the fact that he wasn't, he wasn't traded, which like was interesting in of it itself. So kind of what do you see as the role for Evgeny Kuznetsov and kind of what is his mentality on things? Yeah. I mean, I think first and foremost, they need Kuznetsov to be mentally there. Like yes. they need him to be 100%. Like he knows his role. He knows that, you know, when they're in Ottawa at the end of the month, that's still, you know, an important game versus a, you know, maybe game 82 when maybe a playoff spots on the line. Um, so I, I just think they need him to be offensive minded and shoot the puck um, and, you know, take some of the shots that he does have that he seems to pass up quite a lot. Um, but also, you know, just making smart decisions, his drop pass the other day that led to a turnover to a goal. Um, mm-hmm. I believe in the finale, it was just one of those things where I think if you're mentally aware of what's happening in the game, you, you would not make that mistake. And that's just a, you know, turnovers have been kind of a big thing this preseason. That's probably just something that needs to be reminded of. But and with him, it, it's all about being mentally there and feeling like he's good to go and ready to play and the want to score and the want to kind of contribute offensively. And with some of these big guys out, a lot's going to be put on his shoulders to do so. And mm-hmm. I think it'll be really interesting to kind of see how he responds to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, another thing that I kind of was going to talk about is – Obviously, I have waited a while to talk about this because I'm tired of talking about the Capitals window and how their core is old and how (laughs) this is maybe like one of the last few years left. But like, let's talk about it in a different way. I I see the Metro as kind of being a bit of a mess. So what do we think needs to go right for the Capitals to win the division this year? (laughs) Oh, that's a great question. Um, (laughs) I, I was like, what needs to go right? Um, I, I really think it's what needs to go wrong with the other teams in the Metro <laughs> for the Caps to win this division. I, I think when you look at the division, you mean Carolina, I think, got better. The Islanders got better. The Rangers are in kind of a weird place where they could be good, but are they really, you know, a playoff team? Are they yet? there yet? Yeah. Um, are they there? You know, the Devils, I think, still need more time. Columbus, not there. Um, so when you look at it overall and, you know, if four te- probably four teams make it, um, I think the caps, what they need to happen is during this time in Backstrom's out their their young guys have to play well, mm-hmm. they don't need to play extremely well and, you know, score every night or tally even an assist every night. It's just play well, do your role. Um, kind of just don't be noticeable, kind of be quiet and don't be too noisy on the ice. And I, I think that's what they need to happen. I think especially their goaltending needs to be good. Because, you know, in Carolina, I'm not sure if they know what their goaltending situation is going to really look like or mm. how much that's going to pan out. I, I think in Washington, it's going to be very similar to see, can they, you know, keep teams to below three goals a night? Mm. Um, that was something that they really struggled with last season. So I would definitely say those two things are probably the biggest and, you know, just offense. Like yeah. I think in the playoffs, they just had no offense from their yeah. vets and guys like Mantha and Sprong. Um, need to show up and just need to start scoring. Yeah. And uh, I guess the other kind of thing is we talk about age and 
you know, it, it was clear, I think, at the end of last year that they were going into the playoffs not at 100%, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I guess I'm kind of wondering, how do they fix that? Like, has there been, I, I know that load management is kind of a, you know, t- persona non grata topic in the NHL, but I mean, the Caps have a lot of veteran players. Like, how do they kind of envision handling this aside from just playing them and hope it kind of works out? Yeah, you know, I really think it's playing them and hoping it works out. But it, I think it's more practice time versus no practice time. Sure. And it's how to maintain your bodies. And, you know, it seems like Laviolette's one of those coaches where he wants guys on the ice for a full, full morning skate and then maybe an optional practice the next day after a game versus, you know, some coaches like to have full practices and they have optional morning skates where only a couple of guys skate the game of or day of the game and then they're all good to go for the game. So, I think it's really all about philosophy. And for a lot of these veteran guys, like they've been doing this for so many years, they know what work, like they know what they need to do to get ready for a game. And whether that is like not being on the ice in the morning or only working out or only going to the gym, like they understand their bodies and they know how to do that. But I think it's probably just Peter's job to make sure the schedule isn't as grueling as it was last year. And at least now that we're back to a full schedule for now, knock on wood, it, it seems like we're going back to some normalcy. Yeah, no, no, no. I think, I think it's going to be kind of interesting to see. And uh, one of the things that's going to be interesting to see is I, I think that there's been kind of a debate among Capitol Sands a little bit of what do we like, I, you know, I think that there are over at Japer's rink, we talked a little bit about which would we rather see Ovechkin break the goals record or, you know, the Capitals win another Stanley Cup. And I think that that's kind of been a little bit of an open question this year of maybe is the focus a little bit less on pure wins and losses and more on Ovechkin trying to chase Kretzky. And obviously the team is going to say they want to win, but I don't know, do you kind of see, envision a scenario in which the Capitals, you know, start really thinking about the Ovechkin goal chase in a real way? Like, is it, you know, I guess I'm kind of struggling with this question, right? Because, you know, obviously they're athletes and they want to win all the time, but I could see, you could also envision a scenario in which it turns out the Caps aren't very good, which is on the table. And then there's a little bit more focus on the Ovechkin goal hunt. So I guess kind of how much oxygen do you think it could take up? I think it could take up a lot. I think it's so, I don't know. It's so weird to think about, but I think it's just going to be how the start of the season goes. Like if, if they come out out of the gates and they're playing really well with that backstrom and it really looks like they're once again, headed to the playoffs. Like I'm sure the Ovechkin goal chase is still going to be talked about every single time, especially when he goes to Canada and is asked about it over and over. But I think, you know, if the team feels like they have a real shot again at the playoffs and, you know, maybe other teams in the division aren't doing as well as they should, or they're just kind of on par. I think maybe it's a little bit less for this year. And then we start talking about the goal chase. Um, if maybe they're just kind of in the middle and we don't really know what they're going to be. And we could see this like competition, you know, towards the last couple months where they're trying to make the playoffs and they're fighting for a spot. Um, maybe there's more <laughs> focus on the goal chase, but I just feel like every year, everyone always talks about OV and goals. And I think he's only one away from being fifth place. So yeah. like all these milestones are going to come up over and over again. And I think the canned answer for the Caps is always going to be like, we want to win and, you know, individual accolades will just happen when they happen. But I think all these guys want to see it and they want to be around for when he does it. But I don't think we're actually going to see guys feeding Ovi the puck just 
um, for him to break the record, you know, at, at game 32 of the 82 game season. No, but if it's game 72 and they're 10 points back of a playoff spot, then that might be a little bit different of a story. I yeah. Guess, huh? yeah. Yeah. That that's, that's at least what I'm assuming will happen, but I guess we'll see. <laughs> yeah, this is kind of going to be an interesting year that way because it's, uh, I think this is kind of the first year where, I don't know, like, obviously when they won the cup that that year, they were kind of, oh, this the window is closed, yada, yada. But I don't know, at least to me, this kind of feels really actually like a transition year, right? Like, I mean, I, I think I and a lot of other kind of prognosticators around the Cavs don't see them really as a cup team this year. Like, I mean, I mean, let me know if you disagree, but, you know, I think that, to me, it's, I think, aside from just a team focused perspective, I think it seems like a lot of kind of the other buzz has around the caps is less about that and more kind of about that they're a little bit of a team in transition, huh? Yeah, I definitely think they seem like a team in transition. Or I think that's one of the narratives, or the narrative is that they're just still old yeah. and they don't have <laughs> those like influx of young guys. And the only reason now why they have this kind of influx of young guys is because one of their stars is hurt. Um, and so I think it's a very interesting dynamic to see, you know, as the season goes on, is this really going to be a transition season towards like the youth, you know, will Bastion come back and LaPierre will leave and McMichael will leave. And we're kind of back to the same team we started with last season. Um, or are they going to try to move some things around and keep some of these young guys and try to make sure they're in the lineup somehow by moving other players. So I think it's going to be a really interesting season just to see who kind of emerges and who doesn't. And if management feels like, okay, now maybe is the time, even though we don't like to use the word rebuild, maybe now is the time to start moving around more pieces around guys like Ovi and Backstrom and Carlson. Yeah, or maybe a reset or something or whatever. Yeah, like a retool. (laughs) Retooling, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think, I think as a uh, DC sports fan, we, they've, uh, you know, I think a lot of the focus has been on the nationals this year, right? This is, that was, this is the finally the year where the right. core kind of broke down in a way, and then they had to kind of rebuild. So I guess that's kind of all on our, all on uh, some DC sports fans minds around here, I guess. No, absolutely. It, it, it all kind of is super interesting that the Capitals kind of decided um, to stick with all these guys and you're right, just like on the other side, just see the Nats kind of blow everything up and trade away, you know, other big guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. All right. Well, uh, I think we got an interesting year and uh, Samantha, I'm, I'm looking forward to inviting you back on the podcast many a time. Uh, this is going to, this is going to be fun. And uh, I, I always enjoy when you come on also both because we, uh, we've done this a few times, get along well. And also because I don't have to do these at midnight, which is always nice, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Samantha, this has been a blast as always. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure you got some stuff you're working on. So uh, feel free to tease anything and uh, also feel free to promote uh, where people can find your stuff. Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously it's season starting on Wednesday, so probably will have some sort of season preview, hopefully going to write a little bit about Tom Wilson eventually. Um, I'm sure everyone will like to read about um, <laughs> seeing sure how everything goes. <laughs> But yeah, no, just looking forward to seeing everything. I think going to write something on TJ Oshie kind of away from the rink, away from, you know, playing hockey and just, you know, just kind of making friends as an adult, um, which is super interesting. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's, it's, they're, getting, they're getting adjusted to the community. And, and now, that, now that he knows he's not going to Seattle, I guess he can really kind of kind of unwind a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's kind of funny at media day, TJ was saying how now that they are, you know, in DC and they've built off these relationships away from the rink and he's never had that before. Yeah. Um, it's always just been hockey. And now, you know, he has a whole group of dads that he's friends with because of his kids. And 
um yeah just just uh just to look at you know making friends there but, you go. Yeah, i would imagine no. the jokes that they tell are probably spectacular oh i i mean american hero tj oshi i'm sure comes up absolutely. a lot absolutely, um, absolutely. but yeah no all my stuff washingtonpost.com on my twitter but yeah no this was awesome thanks for having me absolutely absolutely it's a blast